is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Kelly Ann Woods on the show today. Growing up connected to the land and community, Kelly's heritage and upbringing in the forest of Western Quebec has greatly influenced who she is as a businesswoman today. Creating potions and herbal remedies from an early age, it's not hard to believe that she's the descendant of the early witches and a daughter of the American Revolution. Although theater school was her primary education, catch her in shows like Twilight Zone and Supernatural, um, Kelly is also a certified sommelier. Perhaps her greatest education was the School of Hard Knocks Hospitality World, where she evolved as an award-winning mixologist, master formulator, and respected industry maven. In the last eight months, she has been awarded three awards for business, RBC's Canadian Women of Influence Award, the BC Businesswoman of the Year Award, and the BC Canada Award for Innovation and Entrepreneurship Women Entrepreneur Award. She was founded and led two community organizations and continues to be one of the most innovative minds in beverage formulation in North America, currently penning the Booze Witch Guide to the Sober Curious and growing Brujera Elixir's House of Brands, Kelly lives in Squamish, BC, and is the proud mother of a four-year-old boy. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Fantastic. So before we dive into what I'm sure is going to be a fantastic and colorful conversation, um, what is the top piece of advice that you want women entrepreneurs to take away from our chat? Well, you know what? I just got off a a mastermind call with a a group of women um, that I'm really blessed to be a part of. And uh, one of the things that I was missing from my entrepreneurial journey that I I didn't think was missing uh, was a circle of badass women. Mm. Maybe I can't say ass, but um, of like fierce women. Um, that you can connect with on a regular basis. And uh, I think it's crucial for women as you're growing as an entrepreneur and as a business leader to have people around you that can reflect back to you your power and your radiance and your magnificence because it's really hard. It's it's difficult to remember that and then grow. Um, that, that's become a crucial part of my uh, part of my weekly process mm. is, is, a, is a group of women like that. I love that. And I'd say in all the 
conversations I've had on the Thrive Podcast, that nugget of, of advice to find your tribe, find that group of supportive women um, that are on this similar journey, it is such an important and valuable uh, mm. way forward. So I, I echo that completely. <laughs> oh, totally. It's, awesome. it's, it, it's become crucial. It's become yeah. absolutely crucial. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so walk us through your journey, Kellyanne. So take us on your social entrepreneurship journey. What is it you're doing now? How did you get there? Um, and you know, what have you been learning along the way? Oh gosh. I mean, small question. That's that's huge. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe one of the best places to start is start at, uh, start at the present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, because that'll sort of let us weave in the pieces. Uh, right now I am, uh, I, I'm, I've built a house of brands. Um, I'm formulating for uh, other organizations. Um, we are about to launch a uh, functional a functional beverage um, uh, with cannabis and without cannabis, both in the U.S. and Canada. Um, and so there's a number of different pieces to that, and that we'll be we'll be uh, launching and distributing a version of the product called State B mm-hmm. um, across BC, the non-medicated version, and then across Canada, the cannabis version, uh, in different parts of the U.S. for the CBD version, and then our first market in the U.S. as far as the cannabis is is California. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, growing the Boozewitch Silver Cure line. Um, that's a, that's a wonderful passion project of mine. And, uh, there was just, there's an opportunity that fell into my lap to open a a wine bar. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of, you have to follow the flow of energy sometimes. And, uh, that, that's been an incredible, um, you know, it's a little side project, but that's, uh, it, that's been amazing. Some of the things I'm really excited about right now is, is, is the team of people I'm, I'm building, you know, I, I've done a lot of the things that I've, I've done, um, solo um but doing some some social enterprise work in uh in squamish with uh with a food co-op and with the squamish craft beverage association it became quite clear how how crucial a team is um so i'm building a wonderful team uh, of people to support the vision and move things forward and then outsourcing things like a, an incredible marketing team from toronto and then different consultants and and uh learning how to put pieces together it has become really interesting. Um, another thing that I'm really excited about is, um, you know, Black Lives Matter and the current pandemic mm-hmm. and, you know, climate change and, and all the things we as a species are are facing and and learning about and growing through have really been top of mind because I, I, I think if we try to separate business from what's happening in the world, I, I, I think we're I think we're missing the mark um, because you can't respond to your clients unless you you have a real keen understanding of what's happening. So uh, one of the more exciting things that's occurred recently is that um, there's an organization called Raven Trust, and it's a, a, an Indigenous Legal Defense Fund. And it was really important to me moving forward with uh, this uh, State B beverage line that if we were going to be um, using plants and if we were going to be, you know, existing as a business, we, we had to very seriously consider, you know, uh, colonization, the health of the planet, the health of plants, our relationship with the indigenous people. And so I'm really excited. Uh, That's been a real milestone is to have had a conversation and look at a way of moving forward, um, doing more social justice and social enterprise work through, uh, through a conscious, you know, through a conscious capitalist business, you know, how do we, how do we 
how do we exist in a way that that we're that, that we're not just giving back as a token, but that we're actually changing the world with the business that we lead? And has that been core to you and you as an entrepreneur since the very beginning? This this idea of being a social entrepreneur um, and doing well, doing good while doing well financially. Has that been something that's evolved over time, or has that been really core to you as an entrepreneur since day one? Well, I, I think it's. I, I believe that that's a crucial part of of doing business. Mm. I I I feel like you know, as a small business in a small town with the distillery, you know, um, get like we as well as all the other local businesses, we were the we were the backbone. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. see Amazon donating to your kids' uh, soccer team and uh, paying for someone's dance lessons. But really, in a in a small town, you, you were the lifeblood. You, you were donating to 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 like. We would have requests for donations on a weekly like basis, one, two, three. And so reflecting on the fact that small business is not only the backbone of this country, but it's the backbone of every single community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so on that level, and then growing to a more international scale, you still have to have those kinds of considerations in what you're doing, but, but you're reaching more people. So how do you make what you give back even bigger? Mm-hmm. And we're actually seeing a really interesting shift, I think, across Canada in people looking at for-profit um, social enterprise opportunities. Like, I think the, the the whole idea of what it is to be a social entrepreneur, we're really shifting our mindset and making it more accessible, that it doesn't just have to be a nonprofit or a charity organization that gives back. There are so many opportunities for for-profit businesses to invest uh, either a small amount or a significant amount of, of their revenue or their profits to, to different um, really important mandates. So I think we're seeing that across the country and it's really great to see that obviously that that's core to who you are well and I, and I think it's important to reflect on the fact that you know this this global pandemic that we're mm. all moving through has really shifted things a lot and and it, it, whether on a micro level or a macro level it's really had people start to consider what's important mm-hmm. and 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 you know people are going through all kinds of different things and I'm hoping that one of the silver linings of this crisis is that we will learn how to lead in a heart-centered way mm. I love that and I, I think that, that that's a great point looking at um, silver linings out of the pandemic. I think it's it's very easy, I think, within the small business community and with within um, the entrepreneurship ecosystem. Obviously, there's been a lot of challenge. Um, it's been a really hard time for many, but there are a lot of silver linings that we're, we're starting to reap the benefits of. And, and um, I, I'm trying to personally think of them on a, on a daily basis, reminding uh, ourselves of, of some, some good things that are coming out of here. Um, but uh, talking about wellness, and I know that is really core to you, your business, um, and how you connect with your customers. And you have a really deep connection um, with the wellness of your customer base and your community. Um, how has that shifted in the in the pandemic? And how have you really integrated this sense of um, you know social responsibility and this wellness idea into your business? That's a good question. You know, like uh, wellness is really up for me personally because I you know the pandemic slowed me down and and made me look at some like some some niggling health stuff that was happening mm. for me and I discovered you know that I had a very manageable and curable but like a bit of a chronic uh, a, a chronic biotoxin illness that I that I had to look at and so it it has actually transformed everything mm. because you know again to this back to this mi- macro micro situation I now understand people that are struggling physically on a day-to-day basis in a way that I didn't I never 
never understood mm. before. So what I was able to do is I was able to take that back to my to, to my brands and my companies, you know, and 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 re, refocus that. So you know, life is life is to be lived, and life is about joy and and enjoyment. But at the same time, like, how do you enjoy? And then how do you practice like? Uh, a deep, deep levels of self-care mm. at the same time. So, so it's not only like it's about physical well-being. You know, State B is a line of functional beverages that, when they have cannabis in them, they have a nice um, alternative. There's a nice alternative to alcohol, but it's a nice way to take the edge off. You know, like we're all feeling like there's a little bit of an edge these days. Um, and then the other part of it too is that when the, there's no cannabis in it, they are filled with all of these unbelievable botanicals that are all there to serve and support your well-being. I was lucky enough to work with um, a friend of mine who uh, is a um, who's a herbalist and we went through the formulations that I had originally worked through and, and made sure that there were no contraindications that that there were there were no herbs um, in there that were actually going to be uh, a create a negative effect for somebody um, uh, so 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 that became really important mm -hmm. as well and then and then you know on the on a, on a bigger scale, you know, the, the way in which, um, the way in which we exist in the world has to be about wellness. We have a, um, we don't have a vision and a mission statement. We have a company ethos doc. And so every time we engage in a new partner, whether it be a, a manufacturer or a sales team, or just someone we work with and someone who needs to understand the, uh, the way we walk as a company is they get a copy of our ethos document. Oh. And one of the major components is that we have a company culture of kindness. Mm -hmm. So I had a, I had a call, I had an unfortunate call with, uh, with someone a few weeks ago that did not uh, walk that mm -hmm. walk. <laughs> and that, you know, it's all there in the document. Like we can't work together if you're not a nice person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a hard line. Like, I, I think that's great that you actually have it written down on paper that, you know, some, some of, of the barriers to doing business with people that might not align with your business or that it, it could be amorphous, you know, you're, you're sort of skirting around these types of things, but if you have it written down and it is kind of mandated in the terms of the relationship, Relationship, that's a really easy way yeah. to, you know, knock people out of the circle who don't belong there. That, that's a great idea. I'm, right. And that's just it. Like there, there's certain that we have some core values. And one of the core values is, is a company culture of mm -hmm. kindness. You know, and, yeah. and if you can't be a nice, like, you know, like just generally a, a, a decent person and not be a jerk, then we can't work Fair with enough. you. Yeah, point blank. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and so I would love to talk as well, obviously, within the service industry and the, the industry that you're in, um, you know. COVID has had a, a disproportionate impact on entrepreneurs working in, in that industry in particular um, and looking at women and, and balancing motherhood and business. Um, how have you been balancing your various roles and responsibilities that you have in your life? Um, and do you have any recommendations to the women entrepreneurs we have on, uh, on Thrive um, that might help them thrive through the next couple of months? Wow, that is like a really honest question. Mm. And I'm going to answer it honestly. I think, um, you know, I was listening to, and I'm going to pronounce her ter her name terribly, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda mm. Ardern, I think mm -hmm. is how you pronounce yeah. her name. She was interviewing, uh, she was interviewing a clinical psychologist and he 
like mother guilt is legit. Mm. Like that is like a real, especially if you're, if you're striving, if you're, if you're striving to keep your house clean, if you're striving to practice self care, if you're striving to run a business, like you, it is you, you, all you want is to devote your life to your child. And at the same time, you're like, but what about me? So, um, one of the things this wonderful psychologist said is that they're like, let go of your guilt around screen time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that to me, like my son and I still get out, we go for walks and we do scavenger hunts and we go for adventures, but like trying to balance, um, you know, all of the things that I've had on my plate and then try to adhere to quote unquote, um, uh, uh, theories around screen time. I mean, it was just not possible. So I've had to, um, I've had to let go of some of my self judgment around screen time, which has been really freeing. And it's been really rewarding because we were, we were snuggling the other night we were reading a book about oceans and man he knew all about the coral and the belugas and the sea rays and because of octagon (laughs) yeah right so so i think that's part of it and then the other part is just knowing that 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 for me to keep striving and thriving is also about creating the kind of a a certain life for Mm. us you know so and and making sure that the time that we have is 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 quality time. So, and, and, and just finding a way to juggle it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if, if other parents, like, and a lot of it falls on women, you know, like it's just, you know, like so much of the domestic world and so much of the, I, I, I'm not with my son's father, but so much of that is, is all the organizing and everything else still becomes part of my natural domain, you know? So how do you, how do you work through all that in, in this time is, is, is a big question. So I think a lot of it is just like, give yourself a break, mm-hmm. <laughs> be gentle and kind. And you know what, if they're watching more shows right now, that that's okay, that, that, that that's okay. And, and I think that that's probably one of the biggest balances. And also, you know, like opening a wine bar, it's actually downstairs from my home. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm finding ways, I'm finding ways to stay very close to home and I'm finding ways to, uh, to, to do like all of, all of the growth of, of state B and Brujera is is all done online and it's all done with partners in different locations because we don't know how long we're going to be in the hot seat of this pandemic it rather than wait for it to be quote unquote over or wait for a quote unquote solution you got to keep moving Mm -hmm. you know so how how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love that that piece of advice on just being gentle to yourself. If if you are a parent, if you're not a parent, if you are struggling, if you know you're anticipating you may be struggling down the line, that notion of just being gentle with yourself and acknowledging that you know entrepreneurship is incredibly challenging without a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so give yourself a break. Oh. That you know you're you're doing the best you can, and you're um, you know there's a tremendous amount of responsibility and the potential for guilt coming from so many different spaces. So um, be gentle on yourself as as you navigate today, tomorrow, um, and and how you navigate all of the different types of relationships you have in your life. Uh, that's something. And that's- and and be and be gentle with other people. Mm. You know, mm. like I think I think sometimes, I, like there's a there's a global collective grief. Mm. There's a like for you know the amount of people that are that are dying, but it's also a grief for the life that you expected to have right now that you're not having. Um, you know, people are isolated. We're social creatures. You know 
like we we are going through a massive shift as in, yeah, as a species mm-hmm. you know so like being gentle with yourself and then also being gentle with everyone around you and at the same time you know like the, and this is a total contradiction or, or like contradiction but at the same time you could also you can you can also have certain expectations of yourself but they're going to look different mm-hmm. you know maybe you're maybe you're working from your hammock chair with your mm-hmm. coffee as opposed to going into an office you know and and, and yeah so i i think we just we, there's this general acceptance that things are looking and feeling differently and mm-hmm. and being able to let go and roll with mm-hmm. that yeah i think we're definitely all having to roll with with new punches and new <laughs> new spaces that, that's great <laughs> and so what i love about your story kellyanne is that you have such um, obviously v- vibrant energy. And, and it's been such a pleasure getting to know you more through the Canny Awards, the Canada Awards for Innovation and Entrepreneurship um, as an award winner. Um, and your background, you know, you, you bring such a breadth of experience crossing different industries. Um, and, and really, um, I love uh, just learning more about the path that you've been on that brought you to, to now. And I think it's so entrepreneurial. Um, when you look at the largest hurdles or the most important lessons you've learned as you've sort of ebbed and flowed throughout your entrepreneurship journey, journey. Um, what were the biggest hurdles that you found and, and some of the lessons that you learned along the way? Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, so, so many, right? So many, I think I, I, oh, you know, I think one of the biggest ones is don't start a project, uh, w- without enough money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's become a big, big lesson. Uh, just like to be under, to be underfinanced at the beginning of something is a terrible, terrible idea. So, um, you know, whatever project you are embarking on, um, you know, do everything you need to do to know the business plan and to go out there and either, you know, raise the money, save the money, get the money. But the, but trying to trying to launch something without enough capital is 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 it's not a journey I would wish on anyone. And I, I've learned I've learned that the hard way. The other thing is the importance of building a team mm-hmm. that that, um, you know, we're, we're seeing an incredible amount of success with the brands that we're building right now. And it's because there are other people supporting the vision. There are other, I'm not, you know, when I was running my distillery, I would work until one or two in the morning, making, making drinks, go home and tend to a very small baby and then get up in the morning and drive to new Westminster, which is an hour and a half away to do a farmer's market, you know, like that, that, you know, that you just, those are all really important things to experience, but, but knowing that, no, knowing that you need support and knowing that you need help and knowing how to go out and get that is, is really, is really important. And, and, you know, the other thing is you, you may think you're off on a tangent, you know, like, especially if you're really a, a young entrepreneur, I mean, I was a flight attendant for Air Canada. I, I sold, I sold like popcorn and juice at my mom's softball games when I was a little kid. You know, I, I've worked in film and television. I've worked in hospitality. Like I've, I've, I've done, I've done a lot of different things. And, and sometimes in the middle of those things, I'd be like, what am I doing? But, but the fact of the matter is every single one of those things led me to have a certain skill set and have a certain vision and, and that it's, it, it has really created a, a certain, a certain level of superpowers mm-hmm. that maybe other people don't have. And that that's why I can, I can put my special sauce in my company. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that diversity of perspective is really a learned kind of perspective that, that by by entering mm-hmm. all these different industries and wearing all these different hats, um, it not only mm-hmm. makes you, in my mind, a much more interesting person, but it just gives you such a different framework in which you live in this world. You're, you're approaching it from all of these different backgrounds, which can only support you as an entrepreneur in thinking about your customers or thinking about potential new opportunities. Like that that stretched thinking is a skill set that serves people so much. And, and it's so awesome to see so many entrepreneurs um, be able to tap into that superpower. Totally. And so I, I'm curious about your book. Um, I also want to dive into oh. that a little bit. Um, so your, your book is called The Booze Witch Guide for the Sober Curious. What does sober <laughs> curious mean? Um, and, and what brought you to write oh. this book? Oh, sober curiosity, I think is like one of the best possible terms of, of recent mm. years. I didn't make the term up. I don't know where it came from. Um, I'd love to shake the person's <laughs> hand who came up with it because it's mm. genius. Um, so, you know, having worked in alcohol, uh, and alcoholic beverages for as long as I have basically my entire adult life, um, you, you have to learn how to have a healthy relationship with us uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, it, it takes time and effort. And you see a lot of people who don't have a healthy relationship with alcohol, especially during a mm-hmm. pandemic, <laughs> but you know, like, and, and, and you see, you know, wine o'clock mm-hmm. and mommy's little helper, you see all of that normalized. Mm-hmm. And the thing about sober curiosity is it t- like, and I have, I, like, I have no judgment about 12-step programs and AA and addiction is a real thing that if it's happening for you, you, you need, you need to take that seriously. But there's also a, a, like a sector and I'll speak from the female perspective. There's also some of us, especially, uh, you know, people who are juggling, you know, aging parents or small children or, you know, all of the things that, especially during a pandemic that we're all juggling with right now, there's a tendency to perhaps be drinking more than one should be. And so, you know, you still want to be able to have the opportunity to enjoy a nice glass of wine or to have a gin and tonic or to like, to be able to enjoy alcohol. But where the sober curiosity comes in is what does it look like to live in balance? Mm. You know, cause it's when you're drinking every day, you're drinking every day. You know, like, it's just like, oh, there's a glass of wine. It's five o'clock, glass of wine. I mean, it's a very easy routine and habit to fall into. And it's like, it's an addictive substance and it, and it needs to be viewed as such. So how do you create a healthy relationship with something that is so unbelievably incredible and beautiful and delicious and enriches experience and, and, and maintain a healthy relationship with that? So that's what the book is about, you know, like that's, you know, over 20 years of my really looking at that and understanding that and, and understanding sober curiosity and, and basically my, my personal journey around that. And it's also about, um, how to create delicious adult tasting beverages that are not alcohol based. Mm. So that's a whole other world is, you know, when that five o'clock comes and there's that bottle of wine, it's like, well, like, 
I also want to do a 20 minute uh, meditation in an hour. So I'm going to make a beautiful drink with booze, witch tamarind pineapple shrub, mm. some mango juice, a little bit of hot sauce and some uh, cilantro muddled in a glass with soda oh water, gosh, you know, like how do you, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. Doesn't that sound great? But like, and so if you follow the, my, my booze, witch Instagram, I'm, I'm constantly doing sober curious drinks and, and talking about that, talk, talking about that journey. Um, so it's an, it, it's, it's of deep interest to me. And I, and the more women I talk to, it's of deep interest to many, many people. Fantastic. So in terms of additional pieces of advice or resources that have supported you, um, within your entrepreneurship journey, what are some of the resources that you wish you knew about when you started, um, as a business owner? Oh yeah. So there's, there's so many and, uh, so many have served me at different parts of my career and of my life. Um, I would say whatever, uh, industry you're in professional organizations having to do with that industry, um, are wonderful. I would also, uh, um, reaching out for mentorship mm -hmm. is, is just, it's so important. And as a, as a, as a female entrepreneur, I think we have a responsibility to mentor other women and, you know, like time is precious, but I, I think being able to be generous with your time, if there's a, if there's a certain willing, um, person who, who will value you, I think, I think, um, offering mentorship and being mentored is really important. Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, Startup Canada is a pretty wonderful organization I so that I think everyone, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think everyone should subscribe to that, um, to that, um, to that newsletter and, and be part of that community here in BC. We have the women's entrepreneurship mm -hmm. center. Uh, they're located in Kelowna, but they also have a satellite in Vancouver. They are phenomenal. unbelievably incredible. Phenomenal. Um, here in Vancouver, there's also the Havana collective that my friend Meredith runs. It's wonderful, but any kind of like female co-working spaces and, um, organizations that support, uh, female entrepreneurs are, are wonderful. Um, uh, the dovetail group, um, that's the part that, um, that I'm part of that mastermind that has been instrumental in my growth and evolution. And I also really like the work of CEO. Uh, I, I'm an activator with CEO and, and that's an incredible organization as well. And I find that I like, will move through different resources and like, you know, spend some time there and then move on to something else and come back to something else. But I like to fill my inbox up. I like, I like, to like once I've like you know swiped right on enough um on enough emails from you know Bed Bath and Beyond <laughs> no offense to Bed Bath and Beyond uh but once I swiped right I'm like okay I, I I need to like remove this from my inbox so I'm constantly editing my inbox and making sure that it's being flooded with information that is feeding me and supporting me I think uh having a good um good access to online fitness classes right now is really wonderful I think online um, um, access to a therapist is really a, like a, a crucial resource right now. Um, and just anything that's filling your well, do you, do you like to see an astrologer, you know, like all of those things, all of those holistic approaches are really, uh, are really important, uh, resources for, um, for entrepreneurs. Fantastic. Thanks for those. So as we wrap up, uh, this conversation, what is the most actionable piece of advice that, um, you want to leave our audience with today, or maybe a prompt, um, something to, to leave our listeners with, to, to think about after they've, uh, they've left today's podcast. 
make lists. Make make lists uh, and and like hold yourself accountable to the list. I'm going to tell you. OK, so th th there's a bit of a caveat to this in that I am very productive and I don't know if it's because like my my mom's side came off the Mayflower. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a productive person. And that's been really difficult for a lot of people around me. And I've kind of been productive shamed about doing too much. But you know what? I love it. It makes me happy. So I'm not going to listen to those naysayers anymore. So I'm going to actually give you the Kellyanne Woods guide to list making. Okay. You ready for this? Go ahead. OK, so. I usually have one notebook and I carry it everywhere and it's my list of lists. Mm -hmm. So instead of allowing things to take up residence in my head, oh, I should really do this or I should really call this person. I got to work on that project. There's like a general, um, th there's a general holding space for all of that stuff so that then my brain can focus on other things. So there's like my general big notebook of lists. Mm -hmm. And then what I'll do is I'll sit down once a week and I'll go through that notebook of lists and I'll scratch off stuff that I've accomplished. I'll scratch off stuff that I'm like not going to do and I'm not interested in, but I'll take that list and I'll make a list for that week. And it's always way more than I could ever accomplish. Mm. You know, like it's just like I shoot for the stars and I land on the moon or however the reverse of that goes. <laughs> um, so, so I make my general list for the week and then every night before I go to bed, I will make my list for the next day. Mm. And, and I do that because the, the, I do that the night before because the next day arrives and, you know, a lot of people roll over and they check their email first thing in the morning. And all of a sudden you become the responder to other people's needs for you. Mm -hmm. But if you wake up and you have your list sitting in front of you, you have your personal marching orders of the things that you are going to accomplish that day. So, you know, and, and, and it's not just, call this person, schedule this meeting. It's like 20 minute walk, 15 minute headspace meditation, you know, like, and, and, you know, trying to accomplish the things that you are going to try to leave off till, till tomorrow first, eat your frogs first is also a great book. So mm. a list making is absolutely crucial and, and, and it makes you accountable to yourself and, and your goals and writing down your goals and doing a review every quarter is also a big, really important part of that. Mm. And it gives you a sense of progress as well. Checking off those, those things off of your list is also the most satisfying feeling <laughs> that I can imagine. Totally. Oh, my, my, my mom <laughs> likes to highlight them. Yeah. Then I have to find a highlighter. I just cross them off. I, I like ticking mm. off the boxes you know but that that is at that is absolutely it sounds so trite but you know what that has been a, that that's that's the way i've managed to accomplish the the the, the things that i've managed to accomplish is is i really owe it all to list making mm -hmm. that that resonates very deeply with me i completely agree i think we're cut from the same cloth there Gillian. i think so too fabulous well thank you so much for joining us on the thrive podcast today kellyanne i love this conversation i'm really excited about seeing where things go for you and your business uh, moving forward and and where uh where you land next i know it's going to be exciting totally and feel free listeners to reach out to me i'm uh i'm i'm pretty accessible so my socials should be on there and uh, feel free to reach out and, and let's connect fabulous thanks kellyanne you're welcome have a good one Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. 
Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.